guys. Welcome back to another episode of Liberty Dino Dish. I'm Ken. I'm Michelle. And we're about to jump right into another episode of Queer as Folk. Yeah, we are on episode 110, and this was really good. Really good episode. Grab your tea, because it was hot and steamy. (laughs) Yeah, there was a whole lot going down, and we're going to get all up and into it. Yes. All over the place with my notes. Yeah. Love it. Good. All right, you ready to do it? Absolutely. Okay, so uh, we start out in this episode with David Michael and, and Dr. David, and they're leaving the diner. They're at Liberty Diner, which I kind of like this because it shows that Dr. David is coming into Michael's world, mm-hmm. you know. And so they're at a place that's familiar to Michael, so they're they're coming out of there. And Dr. David is telling Michael about his fantasy, um, kind of about waking up with the guy that he loves, seeing him in the shower. They're talking about how they're going to spend their their day. Uh, just a really nice scene that he paints there. It was beautiful. I mean, you can clearly see where David's focus is. Yeah. He wants the, the home, the family, the husband. I mean, he wants the, basically he, the American dream. Right. He wants that routine, you mm-hmm. know, that like we're established, we're settled, we kind of flow together, we're comfortable with each other. That's what he that's what he's looking for. Mm-hmm. And when he mentions that, Michael dismisses that very quickly um, by mentioning X-Men is premiering. Well, he, yeah, he distracts himself like turns the conversation mm-hmm. over here or over there and i like this little thing um where they're walking and doctor said dr david says watch out for the dog poop they're like basically don't step in that hole mm-hmm. <laughs> which uh, might be a little bit of foreshadowing but um yeah he said dr david ultimately says when you know what you want you go after it and so what we find out is that Michael, you know, still has not answered Dr. David, you know, Dr. David's question at the end of last episode. That he left him hanging. Yeah, like we should move in together. And he's still waiting on an answer from Michael. And I think that he's being really patient. He's already let, you know, some time go on. He's still, you know, yeah, asking he's him. Yeah, giving him a chance to, yeah. you know, think about it. Because, I mean... When you're 29 and you've been living life the way you've been living life, that's a huge adjustment to make mm-hmm. to just say, okay, and they've not been together that long. No. And um, so that's a big adjustment to make to say, okay, now we're going to merge our lives, you know, and live together. It's true. But there's a time in life when it comes like Dr. David is established already. Yeah. He has a wonderful career. Um, he just wants someone that he can love on, he can care for. Yeah. Well, we know he's a relationship guy because- we know that he was married for like six or seven mm-hmm. years, and then he was in a relationship with a guy for like six or seven years. And so longevity is what he's looking for. Mm-hmm. You know, in, in both the situations that he's had, that's been kind of stolen from him the first time because he was married to a woman and decided right. to live his truth as a gay man. Mm-hmm. The second time because the guy died. And so he thought he had something set, but it, you know, it was stolen each right. time. And so that's what he wants. That's what he's looking for. Yeah. And so Michael's kind of, you know, on the fence trying to decide if that's also what he wants with David and right now. But so we'll leave that pending. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> we will move on to the next scene. We're at Melanie and Lindsay's house and they are outside and uh, they have this conversation about Lindsay staying at home with Gus. Which is a beautiful, it's really, yeah. really beautiful thing. Um, for Lindsay fam- when that home. works for your family, it is a very, mm-hmm. yeah, great yeah. and beautiful thing. And also, she's the first time mom. You know, yeah. when you have the first child, you know, you're learning the ropes. You don't want to let go. You're, yeah. you know, you're the helicopter mom. You're hovering always. So 
I mean, I definitely see why she wants to stay home for sure. Yeah, I totally get it. But um, what Melanie is saying, you know, what about your job? And mm-hmm. we had a plan. And she's not upset about it necessarily, but she's kind of like, okay, I thought we already talked through this. Okay, but she's now, structured. You, yeah, you want to have a conversation. Because you. a lot of first-time parents, unless the baby's an accident, but in their case, there was kind of no way for the baby to be an accident. But anyway, <laughs> um, anyway, uh, they planned for this child. And so they kind of planned how that was going to work out you know, with their family. And so Melanie's just kind of like, oh, okay, let's consider another option. Mm -hmm. And so Melanie says, you know, I would love for us to be able to consider that. I would love for us to be able to do it. But, you know, the money is Exactly. So Melanie kind of says, well, you know, do you have another another solution? And then Lindsay says, well, Brian... Okay, we had to pause. Oh, my God. (laughs) And I am not trying to beat a dead horse. I swear I'm not. But Lindsay is driving me insane. First of all, to even fix your lips to say Brian as the option for supporting your household. When you already know the hurt that your wife is feeling. Right. Because that takes away from Melanie. Like, okay, this is supposed to be our child, our house that we take care of, that we support. And now you're trying to pull him in. And Melanie's like, after what he did, you know, like he stole my right to this child. Like I'm basically just a stranger when Mm -hmm. it comes to the law in regards to Exactly. And then also another little point of that, what does it look like another man coming to her home and taking care of financial, you know, uh, responsibilities. And for what reason? If you want me to sign Gus away because y'all want to raise him, I'm no. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, yeah. not pay, I'm not paying your house bills. No. But that whole little conversation snip, I was right there with Mel. She was like, "How would you even fix your lips to say that after what he did?" You yeah. know, like that was hurtful and shitty. Yeah, I, and then Lindsay just kind of like waves it off, like, "Oh, you know," and I was just throwing something out there, like, "No, no you she meant felt it." That. You, yeah, she felt you it. Meant that, so I'm not trying to like, you know. I'm a I'm I'm a bash Lindsay. <laughs> I'll say it. I'm gonna say it. Yeah, I'm trying to say like, beat around the bush a little because bit because she has her good and bad moments. This was one of her bad moments, you know, right here. Okay, <laughs> let me move on before I get way over here right? on this one. We'll she run me hot. So then we go over to the loft, and Justin is giving Daphne a tour of the of the loft. You know, like he's been there forever, and he's showing her like the picture of the naked guy. But then she sees the real naked guy. Mm-hmm. You know, she gets a glimpse at, at Brian there. And he's in Brian fashion. Yeah, just take a picture to last you longer type personality. Just <laughs> yeah, stands like, don't there. Even care. Mm-mm. And then he's like, uh, Justin, can we like sidebar? And he's like, what are y'all doing? And he's like, oh, I'm just giving Daphne a tour. <laughs> and, and so Brian's kind of annoyed with that. But then he's like, oh, whatever. He's got to get over to the, um, the gym to, the, to, the gym to mm-hmm. meet his trainer. And I love that Justin comes down and he tells Daphne, you're just going to have to be more considerate. (laughs) (laughs) I I love that. Uh, But then, so they go over to the kitchen and they're going to get Brian's guava juice ready for him to leave and go to the gym. And I like how comfortable Daphne and Justin are with each other, Mm -hmm. you know, um, even though they're in this like weird situation being at Brian's house. I just love how comfortable they are together. Yeah, it was. And that was a little tender moment. I wouldn't even say tender. It was a young moment on Daphne. Um, yeah. Brian said that she was going to make a, a good wife for someone. Uh-huh. 
And she was like, basically, ew, you know, like, I, <laughs> yeah. I'm not, I'm not I'm gonna get married. Gonna, he it, loved that. And mm-hmm. So he's like, ooh, I like her. She's a keeper. Absolutely. And she's just totally enthralled with him. You know, he kisses her on the cheeks, says, bye, darling. She is like, absolutely in love. Would probably like push Justin in front of a train. Absolutely. You know, to get to- I mean, Brian's charming. I mean, that's yeah. what got Justin hooked. Yeah, he really is. Okay. So then over at Emmett and, um, Michael's apartment, Michael is telling Emmett that uh, Dr. David has asked him to move in, and Emmett is just moved to tears about <laughs> it. <laughs> and um, he's really trying to encourage him, like, hey, this is a good thing. Go after this, mm-hmm. you know, especially if you want it. And then, you know, Michael's got one excuse after the other. What about my my stuff and Captain Astro? <laughs> well, fuck Captain Astro. Okay, you got Dr. You got David. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. And then Emmett sees, he's like, hey, this wouldn't happen to be about Brian, would it? Like, Mm -hmm. is that the reason for your hesitation? Because Emmett knows Michael. He knows that dynamic. And he knows that that's probably, if not the only reason, because I think that there are other reasons. But But it's a main reason. That's a big reason. A big reason, reason, I mean. Yeah, because it would put, in some ways, put the final nail in the coffin Mm -hmm. um, on his hope with Brian. Right. Uh, so Emmett tells him, he says that you deserve to be loved, which is very true. And it is. You know, that's great advice to come from a friend because Emmett has watched him, you know, pine after Brian and just be alone. Even if you take Brian out of the equation, he's like, you've been alone. I know that part of you wants to be in a relationship, exactly. wants to, you know, have what David's trying to and offer. Michael has always put his life on back burner yeah. in hopes that maybe one day he'll get that chance for Brian mm-hmm. and his friends around him can see it. Everyone can see it except for Michael. He's in total denial. Yeah. I mean, and Emmett is like, yo, for once, go for it. You've yeah, got a go good after, thing. Yeah. Here's something that is being offered to you. And it, and if it's a good thing, if it's the right fit for you, if it's the right thing for you, then go, go for, for it. it. Yeah. Okay, so when we were at the loft with Justin and Daphne, Daphne reminded Justin that it was Molly's birthday oh, yeah. and that her birthday party was coming up. And so he tells her, he's Daphne says, hey, are you going to go by your house to see he's like, Molly? why? Yeah, because he, he forgot and then he remembers. And it's kind of a, you know, to me it's a little bit of a sad thing, you mm-hmm. know, because he, had he been there, I'm sure he would have been helping get ready mm-hmm. for this and he had known all about that. But just how in this relatively short amount of time how detached he's become from his family and not because yeah. he wanted to be but because of circumstances so then after the scene at Emmett and Michael's we go to the Taylor's house and mm-hmm. we see that you know they're having Molly's birthday party there and she is happy to see Justin and he's happy to see her and so you get like you know siblings pick at each other that's kind of what happens but um you see that they clearly love each other and they do have a relationship with each other um, and, and Justin misses that. And mm-hmm. Jennifer, Justin asks where Je- uh, Craig is. And Jennifer says, well, he's upstairs watching TV or watching the game. As always, but, yeah, not involved. Craig, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, he's dead to me anyway, so I'm glad I didn't have to look at him. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, like I said, he has a cute relationship with his sister. And for her birthday, he drew her um, a picture. And, you know, Justin doesn't have any money, I'm sure, right. at this point. But uh, probably had that and thought, I didn't want to show up empty-handed, mm-hmm. and here's something that I can give my sister. Mm-hmm. So just a sweet gesture. You and know? it's better than anything. I mean, yeah. maybe not now when she's a kid, she don't think about it. Yeah. But as an adult or a little older than what she is now, I mean. She'll appreciate yeah, it. That yeah, that memory she can have forever. Absolutely. So then we get this conversation that starts out well with uh, Jennifer and Justin. 
And uh, she's telling him that your dad wants you to come home. And Justin's so happy to hear that. He says, well, I want to come home, too. And Jennifer's like, oh, I'm so glad. We Mm -hmm. missed you so much, honey. And then Justin's like, hold on, wait a minute. What about the rules? Mm -hmm. It Like, do I still not get to see Brian? Do I have to hide my disgusting lifestyle? And, and she's then, trying to defend. Yeah, she's because, try, yeah. She's in a rock and a hard place. Yeah, she is trying to, you know, referee this whole situation. And she's like, um, well, that's not really what your dad meant. And this, you know, he just wants everything to go back to how it was. Mm-hmm. And Justin's like, it can't be that way because Never. I'm not who I was. You uh-huh. know? It can't go back like that. Jennifer says to him, well, I have to consider the whole family and not just your desires. And... Uh, That's a little hurtful, but it's truthful. Yeah. I mean, I feel bad for Jennifer. She's in a a bad spot. Yeah. You know, like she, you know, have duties to her husband and her whole family, but she also needs to respect and show love and support for her son who's going through something that's, you know, totally different from him Uh and totally different from their complete lifestyle. So, I mean, oh, it's just a a rough, rough moment. What I hate is that they're in a situation where she has to make a statement like that. Uh You know, that's really what I hate because- you can be mad at Jennifer and like, she shouldn't have said that. Uh, she should care about Justin first. It was like, Molly's involved in this. Her uh-huh. husband's involved in this. She's trying to juggle all these different people, all these relationships she has with, with everybody. And so I just hate that the situation called for mm-hmm. that type of response from Jennifer. Okay, so But then, you can see the hurt in her face. She yeah. didn't want to have to say it, but it had to be done. Right. And Justin wants... I mean, and that, this is important because he could... You know, he was over at, at Brian's and he's showing Daphne to Loft and he's like, oh yeah, I live here too now. And so on the one hand, he's like, yeah, this is so great. But really, Justin wants to come home. He does. Like, this is his senior year in high school. He's supposed to be at home with his family, like mm-hmm. having, the, having these last moments with mm-hmm. them. And so I just think that that's something... That's pretty important. The fact that he's not just like, I don't care anymore. I don't care about them. I'm living my life with Brian. Like, no, he wants to be with his Truth. family. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's uh, definitely family oriented. Even speaking from a couple episodes ago when he was telling Brian, hey, you need to be in Gus's yeah. life. I mean, you can tell that he's family oriented. Like yeah. he's driven by family. Yeah. So just like how we, you talked about Jennifer kind of being between a rock and a hard place. In some ways, Justin is too. Mm-hmm. Um, well, in a lot of ways he is, which we'll get into a little bit more here in a minute. So Justin leaves this, um, the birthday party, uh, a little bit upset and not angry upset, but just kind of like emotional mm-hmm. about how that went down. Cause his mom's got to go be mom to Molly. Right. You know, she can't really deal with him and his stuff. But anyway, okay. So then we are, uh, in the elevator up to the loft, <laughs> taking the elevator up to the loft with Brian. And of course, he's got somebody in there with him. And it's somebody with a body. Girl, <laughs> yeah. hottie with a body. Yeah. So he and the trainer are going up and Brian notices that the door to the loft is open. He's like, I told Justin to close the door, but mm-hmm. he goes inside and he realizes that he's been robbed. They've taken it's gone. his computer, his files, you know, for work, I'm sure his clothes, like, yeah, everything's gone. Gone. <laughs> it was. Yeah. Gone. Uh, and so the cops show up and they say, have any strangers been in the house recently? And they're like, um, I love the little montage of, <laughs> you know, all the tricks coming through. And how Brian's just like, no, just family and close friends. <laughs> <laughs> it could be anybody. 
Yeah, I mean, it, yeah really it really could, could have been mm-hmm. anybody because everybody on Liberty Avenue has been up and through that law. Yes. Um. So then he calls Michael and tells Michael that he's been robbed and tells him to get over there. Michael literally runs, runs. out the door. And, and he's rude with it. Get, get your ass over here now. And didn't say bye. Hangs yeah. up. And Michael is running. He yeah. don't even run to David. No. He is running. <laughs> he runs out the door. Yeah. When Michael gets there... um. Brian is kind of confronting Justin and he says, you know, you forgot to set the alarm. I told you to be sure you said it. Mm-hmm. And Justin says, well, I thought I did. And then Brian just kind of goes off. Um, and this is a lot of like misplaced anger. Because what's going on is this situation is getting too intense, getting too real, getting too close. You know, having Justin living with him and it's making him very uncomfortable. And so he's starting to lash out. Right. Is what it is. Absolutely. Yeah. So he just goes over the top because, yes, Justin should have set the alarm. But what this tells you is somebody was already planning on coming by. Absolutely. And if they couldn't just get in, they would have broken in. Right. You know, um, because they had to show up with some equipment. If they took all of your. Yeah. <laughs> and they clearly knew your your schedule or whatever, yeah. because they took everything yeah so so yeah the alarm part sure you can blame that on justin but no. the robbery no you know this is not justin's fault this yeah. is something i mean it's very unfortunate but it happened but it's not justin's fault but like you said brian went off i mean yeah. he cussed him out get your shit get out basically yeah. you know yeah. kicked him out yeah poor justin's mm-hmm. got nowhere to go i can't get into that right now because i'll get sad about it mm-hmm. okay so over at the novotny house uh deb Vic, and michael are there and um Michael tells Debbie that Brian's been robbed and then the conversation goes on and then Debbie finds out that Dr. David has asked Michael to to move in and she is over the moon. Over the moon. <laughs> she is so happy, way happier than Michael. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she is ecstatic about this. Um, but Michael says that he told him that he would think about it. He hasn't decided yet. Um, and then Vic tells him his own personal horror mm-hmm. story about um, the guy that he was dating and they decided to move in together and it lasted for like a week. So. Yeah. Like it took me six months to decide in a week to break up. You yeah. Know? <laughs> uh, okay. But Debbie comes right back with, you know, something positive. You know, she does. Yeah. She, she cleans it up because she wants the best for Michael and she knows that Michael stands in his own way. Yeah, well, she doesn't want him to just hear the worst and take that on board exactly. and not even consider the good that could happen. So, yeah, she's definitely pushing him like, you need to do this. <laughs> uh, okay, so then we go and we have this kind of a montage of brunch going on. There are three different brunches here. So we have Lindsay and Brian, uh-huh. Melanie and Ted, mm-hmm. and then Michael and Dr. David with this older gay couple. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like how all that's kind of spliced in there together. Um I like the pairing of Melanie and and Ted, and then so at first you're kind of like, what are these two doing together? Mm-hmm. But you realize you come to find it ties out, it in very well. Yeah, well, oh. Melanie's over there to talk to him about okay, hey, Lindsay wants to stay home, so how can we financially? What make are that our happen? options? Because Ted's their accountant, yeah, mm-hmm. or is a money guy, <laughs> yeah. and and he speaks very honest with her, and yeah. as you. As it went on, he mentions, you know, Brian's hey, name as well. Right. And I, that, I'm like, why is Ted suggesting Brian? You know? As, well, I mean, everybody know that Brian, he shows his affection by giving. That's so. true. But just to feel like you're entitled to, or that, to even ask for, like, I, I don't know. Maybe I do friendships different. Mm-hmm. I have friends that would help out if, if necessary. And I have friends that I would help out if necessary. But just to feel like, I'm going to stay at home. So you pay my bills. Like, ah. 
Yeah. That's I, just not how I operate. That's what I'm telling you. We need that backstory. <laughs> we need that backstory on Lindsay and Brian. Because yeah. if that's an option, then clearly she must have been busting it open or something. <laughs> like, something. Yeah. There ain't we no way. We deal with this um, Melanie, I mean, sorry, Lindsay and Brian issue on a later episode because I can't today. Yeah, can't but right you know, you know how uh, I do. Okay, so then Lindsay and Brian are doing, um, supposed to be working on an, an inventory, a list of the lost items. And Brian is basically just blaming Justin, you know, for everything that has gone wrong in his whole entire adult mm-hmm. life. Um, and then Michael and Dr. David at their brunch, you know, they're talking to this older couple and just kind of hearing about their life and how things work during the war and then like how it is living together. And just talking about that they were together during the war, which means if Michael thinks it's bad in the 90s and 2000s, you know, 99, yeah. 2000, just imagine what they endured. Yeah. You know, back in war. Can you imagine being gay in that time? Yeah. But their love is so strong uh-huh. and they're still celebrating 50 years. What? Yeah, it was in the 40s. It, yeah. So can you even imagine mm-hmm. how hard it was to be a real couple? Actually, yeah. you couldn't because you would have been killed. But th- their love was so strong, it shined through anyway. And they're still together for 50 years. Well, and I think, you know, that was, of course, Dr. David's purpose in bringing Michael over there. He wanted him to see... A gay couple can make it work. And like, yeah, we might hear that in theory, but we know Michael is not around anybody mm-hmm. who has done that. You know, his right. friend group, they don't have that. Vic he doesn't, doesn't see it at home. That. Yeah. Mm-hmm. His mom doesn't even have it. And no. she's straight, you know? Mm-hmm. And so he wanted Michael to see that, to see some, a couple that has that. And so I get where he was coming from. And then let's pop over to the brunch with Melanie and uh, Ted. He tells her the only option we have is, um, to use your inheritance mm-hmm. that your father gave you. And she says, well, that's my nest egg, which to me, I'm like, she's like, that's all I have. And I'm like, you're kind of keeping one hand on the emergency brake. Yeah. And, and I'm like, like, you're married. So that's y'all's nest well, egg. They are not married. They are um, just together in a committed relationship. Okay. Well, six years to me, that's married. You know like, <laughs> yeah. You're together with somebody for uh, six years. They're common law. But it's like, um, I don't know if we're supposed to read it that way, but that's how I interpreted it. Like, Melanie is keeping something just in case things don't it didn't work out. Work out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I need to have my own plan. Like, that's she hasn't escape. gone all in. <laughs> yeah. On this relationship, at least not at this point. But anyway, so yeah, that's kind of what's going on with all the, the brunches that mm-hmm. are happening. What I do love about the one with Brian and Lindsay is as he's going off and complaining about his cutlery and everything else being stolen. Uh, Lindsay leaves, but before she leaves, she tells them there's one thing that you lost that can't be replaced. And then she writes Justin's name there. It was because Brian was being typical Brian, negative, blaming everyone. He didn't want to make excuses, but Lindsay and everyone makes excuses for his attitude and his actions constantly. But you want to just deem Justin as, you know, this misfit and this is his fault, all this and that over one mistake. Yeah. Man, get it together. He's, he's a hypocrite in this scene. <laughs> yeah, but she she speaks truth to him, and that's a lot of times what she does. She will challenge him by like making him look at the thing that he doesn't want to look at. She's like, you know for a fact that you overreacted by mm-hmm. kicking him out. You know he didn't have anywhere to go. That's why he was staying with you in the first place. And so she yeah makes him look at what he doesn't want to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I just loved it. I, I did. It was really really nice. You know, look jab at him. <laughs> um. So over at the diner, we're there with Daphne and Justin. And I don't know where Justin stayed the night last night. But anyway, he's here with with Daphne and they're talking and he tells her that he's going to go to New York and he's going to be a go-go boy uh, in Chelsea. And uh, well, no, just is going to New York. And um, 
Daphne's like, I can come too. You know, I can shake it up with you. You know, and he's like, Yeah, I'm excited. Let's do it. And then she says, Well, I got to be home by eleven. <laughs> but the look on Justin's face is like he's starting to realize that he's, he's alone. alone. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like all of it's kind of sitting. And I've got nowhere to go. I've got nobody to come with me. You know, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, he's realizing he is the situation he's in, and he's not even eighteen. He's dealing with these type of issues. Yeah, you know? yeah, like he's realizing the cost of being who he is right like there's a cost associated with it It and he's you know unfortunately having to pay it um but he's still handling it so well and so maturely to be such a you know uh, a young man yeah so we know that his plan is to yeah run off to new york (laughs) okay so then over at woody's we're with emmett brian michael and ted and they're talking about this couple and their longevity. And of course, mm-hmm. you know, Brian doesn't want to hear it because Michael's still trying to weigh this decision. Mm-hmm. And I want to, I'll put this out here now because I might forget to put it out later. Um, I get Michael really thinking about this and analyzing the situation. Uh, and his friends, of course, aside from Brian and Ted's not really commenting one way or the other necessarily. But he bet not. But you know, <laughs> but his mom and Emmett for sure, like, you need to do this, you need to do this. And it can look like they're pushing him into a situation. And in some ways, yes, maybe they are, but they're re- they're wanting Michael to be decisive. Uh-huh. But then I also want to speak on Michael's behalf. There's a difference between um not wanting something mm-hmm. and not knowing if you want something. Exactly. And I think that he's more on that. He doesn't know if he wants it, but mm-hmm. it's just that David has asked and David's expecting an answer. And so that's kind of where he is. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Uh, what I love, we get a new character introduced while they're at Woody's and that's Mysterious <laughs> Marilyn. Yes. <laughs> and I love Mysterious Marilyn. Uh, just in this little scene because they could have made this like overly campy, but uh-huh. I really like how it was done. You know, mm-hmm. like you got that she was a whole like character and whatnot, mm-hmm. but I don't know. I just liked I it. But she was fun. And the way she delivered the information was witty. It was funny, yeah. but it's very accurate. Yeah. So. so let's talk about that a little bit. So, uh, Ted's like, okay, fine. I'll bite. Whatever. You're psychic, whatever. <laughs> and so they go over there and they have the Ouija board and they're supposed to be asking if Michael is the supposed shade. to be with, um, with Dave, Dr. David. And she says, okay, what is your true love's name? And so they ask the Ouija board. And so it's going around and it's spelling out Brian. And then <laughs> Michael's like, that's not my boyfriend's name. That's and not she the question. Says, that, yeah, that wasn't the question. And then mm-hmm. she said, and anyway, he's a bad bet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, she's like, you quit barking up that tree. <laughs> and then Daphne shows up. Uh-huh. I love that. Daphne shows up. And, and the she, fact that she knew they were going to be at Woody's. Yeah. <laughs> okay? She knows the routine. Yeah. You know? Because I'm sure at this point, Justin has picked up at least as much of that routine as his little fake ID will have allowed mm-hmm. him to. So, yeah, so she knows if he's not at the loft and uh, if he's not at the diner, then he's definitely at, you know, it's too early for Babylon, so he's at. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Smart girl, context clues. Yeah. Uh, so, um, yeah, she shows up and she tells them, like, Justin ran away. It is your fault. You need to fix it. And Miss uh, Mysterious Marilyn tells them, you know, oh, he's gone gone to Chelsea. He's going to mm-hmm. be a go-go boy. He's going to be very successful. Daphne uh, looks like, what? Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's okay. surprised. Yeah, like, okay, that's exactly what he said he was going to do. But still, Brian, <laughs> you need to fix this. <laughs> and so then it goes straight from her telling him it's his fault to Debbie telling Brian mm-hmm. it's his fault when they're over at the diner and she says you need to go and bring sunshine home so what do you think is this brian's fault 
Uh, yes, it's Brian's fault because Brian overreacted. He literally just reenacted a Craig moment. Yeah. You know, like something that's so small, he blew it up and he placed all the blame on Mike. I mean, on, on Justin. So absolutely, it's Brian's fault. He knows Justin is in a vulnerable spot right now. Yeah. He has no one to go to. Yeah. You kick him out onto the streets in a, a city. It'd yeah. be different if they're from a small town, but they're in a whole city. So you just kick him out on the streets, nowhere to go. Hell yeah, it's his fault. Yeah. And you're, you're the adult in the situation. Get it together. Right. And, you know, Justin's responsible for his own overreaction, but Brian took it way overboard in, in responding the way that he did, just knowing that Justin had no other options. Absolutely. He, he did go way overboard. So, yes, Justin's responsible for himself and how he deals with the situation, but Brian put him mm-hmm. in that place to kind of act like that, you know? And Debbie was checking Brian, too. Oh, yeah. She was letting him have it. And he's, how is it my fault? Well, it was your fault when you took him home. How is that responsibility? It's your responsibility when you took him home and you fucked him. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you did that. Uh-huh. You know, uh-huh. you took this young, impressionable mind and warped it into something else. You know, well, I yeah. mean, Justin is a, his own person for sure, but he's in love. Well, well she he, said like, you've tied him to you, whether mm-hmm. you meant to or not, you've tied him to you. And so now... Know, whatever you got going on and you don't like it well it's too late mm-hmm. <laughs> you know that Absolutely. time has already happened and then so at this point it's pretty clear that brian's got no other option but to go to new york and get justin mm-hmm. so a couple things i want to talk about um so michael offers to go and debbie immediately is like oh he's so sweet he's so helpful like you don't ever have to ask my son this girl that has nothing to do with, with justin because if michael <laughs> was so concerned about justin he would have been like hey come spend the night at my house yeah he, okay. he sure could have that first yeah when brian kicks him out um he just stood there and looked yeah but uh this is he doesn't want to have to face dr david he's trying mm-hmm. to put off making that decision that's all this is this is a delaying tactic on michael's part absolutely Poor debbie just you know has nothing to do with Justin. <laughs> yeah. And then Ted and Emmett are just along for the drama, basically. Yeah, <laughs> they are. They want to run a trip chant. They want to go out there and they want to thought in New York. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they want to see what the options they want, are. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so, question. Do you think Brian would have gone had Daphne and uh, Debbie not blamed him and pretty much no, made him? I don't think he would have. he would have gone anyway. He wouldn't have gone. He would have been like, oh, he'll be okay. I mean, he'll make it work. I did, yeah. you know. So. See, I think he would have gone. But I think the, the only, I think what would have made him go, uh, he would have been thinking about it. He probably wouldn't have gone immediately. I think he would have gone in secret by himself. Nobody would have known about it. But he would have hidden behind the excuse that Justin has my credit card. Right. And so it was like, I'm going to get my credit card. When all he had to do was call and cancel it. Exactly. I think he would have been like, I need to go get my credit card. Mm-hmm. So... I do think that he would have gone just because when you give Brian time to step back from a situation to kind of get a cooler head about him and to not have to be so Brian, right. you know, he can do the right thing. I can see that. Yeah, I, I definitely can. I mean, now that you're breaking it down like that, I can I can see it. Yeah. A little bit. But but we don't have to guess because he ultimately ends up having to go. <laughs> yeah, he went. Okay, but before that, Emmett and Michael are at their apartment and they're packing their their little overnight bag to go. And Doctor David shows up mm-hmm. and he kind of raises an eyebrow when he finds out that Brian is the one spearheading the search party because we don't know exactly what Michael told him on the phone. He said he was going to New York, uh, but Doctor David's still piecing together all the details. And so as he finds out that a lot this is centered around Brian and problems that Brian kind of 
Again, and so he's like, oh, here we go in the same circle. Yeah. Always Brian. And then what we find out is he and Michael had plans that yep. night to be at Melanie and Lindsay's house for dinner. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Michael just completely abandoned Brushed that. those off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're doing a lot of, a whole lot of couple stuff. I mean, they had brunch, they had dinner. Mm-hmm. But anyway, whatever. On the car ride, uh, Ted and Emmett are in the back seat when they're with Michael. They, you know, they have a little trio. They're having they're a good doing, time. Yeah, they're having a grand old time, and Brian's about to lose his mind. <laughs> you know, wants to put threatens to put them out, and uh, so he's kind of following him. The um, I guess the purchase is on his credit card to figure out. Just you know, following the trail, the little yeah, breadcrumbs. Yeah, following the trail, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so they're, you know, going to go to Chelsea because that's where Mysterious Melon told them Justin was. And apparently that's where the credit card's being used. She also told them something else. She did. She told them to. <laughs> she told them to check his tire pressure, yeah, I believe. Yeah, she did. Uh, so uh, then over at Melanie and Lindsay's, we see that Dr. David went ahead and went to dinner, which is good on him. I love that. He's comfortable enough to actually hang out with Michael's friends. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and he went there on his own and he got to see the life that he wants for himself. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. So he's watching Melanie and Lindsay and how they have this very practice, very comfortable um, rapport between the two of them. But, the easy flow. Right. Exactly. But I think you got to remember, Dr. David, they've been together six years. <laughs> and know? y'all got to. Um, two months, three yeah, months. Yeah, not not six years. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it takes a little time to build up to that. And so I know he wants it, but sometimes I wonder if his timeline is realistic. Right, he's rushing it a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. But he likes what he sees, and he wants right, it. Right, right. He's like, if we're gonna build toward this anyway, let's just have it right now. Mm-hmm. Is kind of how he sees things. Okay, so then uh, we are on the side of the road because <laughs> they had a blowout. They had a blowout. She was good. I, I want her in my real life. Yeah. Okay, she, I need her. I need to find mysterious Mary. Yeah. I love that Emmett is the only one who can change the tire. The big Nelly bottom. Yeah. Out of everybody else is over here carrying a huge Jeep tire. Yeah. Uh, what is it? A jack changing tires and everything. I mean, it's crazy. I would think that Brian could change a tire. Right, but no, he was just standing there useless. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's like, yeah. you know how to well, change a tire? Well, even Ted, who's like Mr. Practical. But um, I love that Emma is constantly breaking stereotypes in these like small, subtle ways mm-hmm. almost. You know, I love that. And he did that all in a furry coat. Yeah, yeah, in a perky or like a perky shirt. Uh, Okay, so then we get this little um, smoke break with Brian and Mikey on their excellent adventure. You know, the first time that I saw this episode, this scene made me so freaking mad. It still bothers me now, but for a different reason. It burned me It made me mad the first time because I was like, Brian, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, and he was like making out with Michael. But it's Michael, what are you doing? Okay. Yeah. Michael, you it's are grown. both of them. Yeah. It, codependence at his worst right here. And um, Brian's a manipulator. He's saying little words. Yeah. I mean, and knowing how Michael is going to react to those. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael says, this isn't how I was planning to spend my evening. And uh, he says, you know, I'm supposed to be with Dr. David at Melanie and Lindsay's house having dinner. And so he's talking about all this like couple stuff. And so when Brian hears that, he feels like, oh, I need to make sure I'm reeling Michael back in. And so that's when he's like, well, you know, you've always been there. We've always been there for each other. And he's like, I know you always will be. And uh, he tells Michael that he that he loves him. Yep. And Michael tells him, well, you'll always be there because, I, I, you know, I love you. And He also tried to discourage him as well. It was like dinner parties is that what you is that what i raised you to be michael yeah. it's like 
you're disappointing me. We're supposed to be living this single life, this bachelor mm-hmm. life our whole time. Yeah. And you can see Michael's uh, wheels turning, thinking about it. But he's like, I'm here now. You yeah. Know, I'm here and for you, you know, this whole roadside scene is a uh, a good le- a good lesson in breadcrumbing, and that is when you give a person just enough to keep them on yep. the line. You're throwing out this little flirty stuff. Mm-hmm. You're, it's very non-committal, uh, but you keep throwing that out there so that they stay interested. But you have no intention on doing mm-hmm. anything with it or them. Nope. <laughs> you know? And so he is just leaving breadcrumbs all the way from Pittsburgh to Chelsea. <laughs> And Michael is eating up every single one I'm of telling them. you, he's that little pigeon coming right around, picking yeah. up every piece. Oh, it makes me so mad. And then, like, we see them kiss, but not really like they do right here. No, they but went for it. Brian brings out the big guns because mm-hmm. uh, Michael is talking about moving in with Dr. Uh-huh. David and being a couple. And the thing is, like, yeah, Brian's a narcissist and he's got that ego thing working. but And he also likes that hero worship. Mm-hmm. But I do think there's another side of it. Brian and, does care for Michael, yeah. but he's never going to care for Michael the way Michael, Michael needs to be cared or wants him to care for him. Right. And so, you know, I do think that part of it is because of Brian is the way he is. He doesn't have a, pe- a lot of people that are close to him. It's pretty much just uh, Brian. I'm and sorry, Michael, Michael and Lindsay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then mostly Michael in some ways, you know, and so he needs to know that he's always going to be there. Michael's right. always going to be there. One for Brian to just kind of pet that ego over, yeah, for his ego, mm-hmm. stroke his ego, but also just to know that he's going to be there in my life. And so that's never been threatened before. And so Brian's having a hard time dealing with mm-hmm. that, but still but, emotional manipulation, breadcrumbing yes. and just, yeah, stuff that gets on my nerves. So they actually, they have this intimate kiss. Mm-hmm. I mean, Brian is very sensual in the touch, hands behind the head. Yeah. And Michael is putty in his hand. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's basically on his tiptoes reaching up. I was up. waiting for him to, like, kick one foot up. I you know. know. how they do in the <laughs> I'm for real. That's all we were missing. The eyes were closed. Even when um, Brian pulled back, Michael was still leaning yeah, in. Yeah, like waiting eyes... more. Yeah. Yeah. Just need a couple more drops. Yeah, just drops. a couple yeah. more. I mean, it was actually disgusting. And I'm, Michael, you're disappointing me. And y'all know how much I love Michael. Y'all know it. <laughs> but he is disappointing me because he is squandering opportunities with someone that... I mean, I don't know how it plays out, but seems so good and right for him. Obviously, I had a whole lot to say about that scene. (laughs) Okay, so moving on, because I have to. Uh, (laughs) At um, Melanie and Lindsay's house, they are in the bedroom getting ready for bed. And Lindsay finds this card from Melanie. Mm -hmm. And it's a certificate for her to be off work to take care of Gus. And Mel says... I made it work. And the emphasis there is I made it work. Uh-huh. Like I came through for you Not and Brian. our son. Our, I came through for our cu- for our household, for our relationship. Uh-huh. Not Brian. She doesn't tell her what she did to be able to do it. But um, that's what she makes clear. Mm-hmm. And so things are getting all hot and heavy between the two of them. And then Gus starts crying and <laughs> interrupts the flow of things because that's what babies do. <laughs> God, he was he just knew it. Yeah. And then there's a little a look of um, kind of disappointment on Mel's face mm-hmm. after that, you know, uh, because it's like she's going to make this huge sacrifice and she's going to do this thing. But it's like. She don't have a payoff. Like, what right, is her payoff? Besides, right. What's I mean, her payoff going to be? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think it was outside of just, like, 
sex that night. Right. Just kind of thinking, what? Yeah, what is my payoff going to be? Because she literally has sacrificed her whole nest egg, right. you know, for something that you know could easily, well, not easily, but it's it's nothing that's guaranteed, right? You know? Right. Uh, okay, so then the boys have arrived in New York, uh, in Chelsea, and they are loving the eye candy on the street. <laughs> Emmett is everything. I am living for him. Yeah. He is everything. He keeps the energy popping. Yeah, so I love them out on this uh, sidewalk. Like That could have been just the whole episode, watching <laughs> them walk through Chelsea. Um, so then Brian gets a call, and he finds out that his credit card has been used, so that mm-hmm. lets him know where Justin is. And uh, I like Emmett's reaction to this. He's kind of like, it's almost like he's impressed with Justin's moxie, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, but Ted's is more like practical, like, oh, no, your money kind of thing. Um, but then so Brian, you know, get, gets in a, in, a um, cab. in a cab and goes off because he's going to go to the hotel. So that's the next scene. We see Justin sitting in the hotel. And and, and he's not in a roach motel. He's in a hotel. <laughs> Girl, yeah. like he's in a suite at the plaza or something. Yeah. Yeah, he went all out. I mean, he's got caviar, lobster. Oh, like, I want to. I should have been his friend. I want some lobster right now. <laughs> he knows how to do room service right. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, so he gets a knock at the door, and um, it's Brian. And so, of course, Brian comes in. He's tired. He's been driving through the night to get here. He's like, "Did you think you would get away with this?" And Justin's like, "Well, no. I figured the cops would show up, but I thought that you would find me first. And I was like, "Spit that game." <laughs> that was game right yeah. there. Well, you know, Justin realizes that he was taking a risk, but I think just like I said earlier, he, he figured knew. Brian would show up. Mm-hmm. You know, he was like, I can't say for a hundred percent sure. Yeah, I can't but be hundred percent sure, but you mm-hmm. know, he figured that Brian would come. And so Brian tells him to pack up and Justin's like, For what? To go where? My parents don't want me, you don't want mm-hmm. me. Like, where am I gonna go? My life is awful right now. Um Brian starts off by just saying, like, whose isn't? And then he kind of takes a second and then he says, you know, when we get back, we'll find you a place to live. And then he says, you're going to go home. You're going to go to school. You're going to pay me back. Uh, So basically, he's like, hey, we're going to get you on the the right path and track. I know things are crazy right now. This is he's saying it in a Brian way, but basically saying, I know everything is hectic and crazy right now, but we're going to get it all Mm -hmm. sorted. Um, and he says, like, we, like, we're going to find mm-hmm. a place to live. Like, he's going to help him do that. Um, and then Justin had earlier, you know, made a comment about him going out clubbing and how the guys are so awesome. But uh, it was just it, a ref for his feathers. Yeah. Make it seem like he living his best yeah, life. Then he confesses, OK, I really didn't go out clubbing. Um, and then Justin suggests that Brian go take a shower because he's off the road. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> but I don't know if you saw that. Justin liked that man smell, yeah. the oh, way he yeah. looked, and also suggesting a shower or just a because he knows Brian's um, love language. Yeah. His love language is through sex. It shows how much Justin has learned about Brian because. Brian showed up here and like I said, he was trying to offer some type of encouragement and support to Justin. And Justin knows that that makes Brian uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Like he will do it because he does. He is not inhuman. He does have a heart, mm-hmm. even though he tries to hide it. Uh, and so he, Justin knows that that puts Brian in this weird spot. So just to kind of balance the scales, mm-hmm. Justin um, goes into like a physical thing. And like, right. he just turns it on, you know, just like that. Uh, just a look at Brian, you know, like he starts to open his robe and just the look that he gives him and, you know, immediately like the scales are mm-hmm. balanced again. <laughs> and, and we kind of talked about this, like that's kind of their, how they communicate. Like that's how they reconcile with each other is 
through sex. It's not like just sex. It's because their that. sex scenes are never just, you know, wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. It's yeah. very, you know, emotions um, high. Yeah. Tons of like touching and kissing. Right. It's mm-hmm. like they're making love. Yeah. Well, and like they enjoy each other's bodies, of course, but also a lot of times there's there are other things surrounding it. Like this one. Okay, you know, Justin just had like a tumultuous experience, Mm -hmm. but we're going to get everything on the right path. And so then now they're kind of coming back together in Mm -hmm. this way. So, yeah, um, we talked about this in the last episode, how it is more than just a physical act between the two Mm -hmm. of them. I think um, when we had Nichelle on in her interview, she was saying like from that first night, there was intimacy exchange between them, like not just sex. Mm -hmm. And so we see that again here. So then we we find out. That they did find a place for Justin to live. He's going to live with Debbie and Vic at the Novotny's <laughs> house. And he's going to stay in Michael's room. And then Michael is like, I'm going to be doing checks. And I'm like, oh, what? Yeah, exactly. You have what, those 30-year-old comic books? Yeah. Like, and those crusty from, sheets? Yeah, when you were 12? Yeah. Like, Come on now. And what you need to be worried about is Dr. David's house. You know, it's not worried about <laughs> yeah. your mama's house. Yeah. You're 30. So, but I love that Brian took Justin to Debbie's house for him to say that, it's he, a safe that place. he talked to her because that's the place where he felt safe mm-hmm. as a kid. And so he knew that Debbie was there for him. She was a mother for him when mm-hmm. he needed it. She provided a safe haven for him. And so he trusted her to do the same thing mm-hmm. for Justin. And really like that was the best for both of them just because it's a healthier environment. It, for exactly. Him. It is a healthier environment for both of them just because it was too much too soon for Brian and really for Justin too, in some ways, you know? Right. Um, and so that's a better spot for him to be, you know, to kind of finish out school mm-hmm. and, you know, that sort of thing. So even though the romantics among us would love for them to have lived together, that just wasn't a healthy situation. Right. <laughs> I, I definitely agree. At this time. And I'm pretty sure Jennifer, when she's fine, when she finds out, um, she'll probably be happier. Oh, yeah. You know? I'm sure they ran it by her. I'm mm-hmm. sure she, yeah, happy to hear that because she's been building this relationship with, with Debbie, Debbie. And so she knows that Debbie will look out for her son and make mm-hmm. sure he has what he needs. Absolutely. You know? I, I like when she, Debbie says, well, we need to talk about the rules. And Justin's like, oh, more rules. And he looks like such a teenager right mm-hmm. there. But then she's like, no tricks after midnight. And he's like, oh, well, this is a different set of rules. Exactly. <laughs> but, um, cause, you know, Justin is a wild child right now. He's running the streets, living New York life, running Pennsylvania. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's going to get his go-go dancer on. Yeah, yeah seriously. He could have done it, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mysterious Mailman said he was going to be successful. So, yeah, he She did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she so, did. You know, yeah, he missed that on all his coins. something else comes up and he needs to, <laughs> he could always do it. <laughs> but anyway, so then um, Michael goes to Dr. David's house and Michael tells him that he's been thinking about moving in and he says, I love you. And then there's this pause and then eventually he says, but. I knew it was coming too. Yeah. And he says he's not ready, which I can respect, you know, and, and I'm proud of Michael for actually saying that I'm not ready. If it's genuinely that he's not ready. If I do feel like he could have been more ready had they mm-hmm. not had the little side of the road, you know, absolutely. <laughs> if you it, know? Uh, because it just reminded him of what he's waiting on, what he's it's waiting so for. It's so frustrating to me. Yeah, it's so frustrating. Um, but if it was just like, I don't know that you're the right person, or mm-hmm. I don't know if now's the right time, I don't know if I'm ready for that level of commitment, that's one thing. And so I do think that's in the equation. You know, mm-hmm. if it's a whole pie chart of reasons, those appear on the pie chart. But right. a big slice of that pie is 
the brine situation. It is. It's it's a huge pie part of the pie. And you can literally see the hurt in David's face. Yeah. And he makes comments like, you're not ready because if you move here, you won't have the, those opportunities just to leave in the middle of the night right. with your friends. You'll, be, you'll have to answer to somebody, mm-hmm. you know, and you'll just have somebody else that you have to prioritize besides. Brian Well, he and says your friends. your friends, but he means Brian. Brian. Yeah. And so we, what I saw initially, I thought Dr. David was showing a little bit of jealousy, but I don't think it's jealousy. I think it's defeat. He's like, yeah. okay, fine. I've, like he's, he's given off, up. I've offered everything I can. The only thing I can offer is me. Obviously, that's, that's what not, he said. That's All not I what have want, is me. enough. So, okay, then I guess that's it. And then Michael says, well, can we still be boyfriends? And Dr. David says, well, we could be, but I don't want a boyfriend. I want a partner. Do you feel like he's too all or nothing? Yeah, too all or nothing, because there's no way you can just shut your heart off like that. Yes, you. if he loved Michael so much the way he feels he does, then he should be able to wait. Yeah, he's yeah. just okay. We can wait, you know, period of time, or just tell me what your some of your concerns are. Not so that I can just try to do a quick patch up on them and mm-hmm. then you move on in, but just like as we're as we're waiting, what things can we be working on? Yeah, there was no gray area. It was right. either you move in now or we're done. Yeah, and the thing is, like, I understand that you want that, Doctor Day, but you have to find somebody who has that same mentality, mm-hmm. who's going at, who's running at the speed you're running at. If you're running and Michael's walking, somebody's getting drugged, you mm-hmm. know, along or somebody's getting held back. So, yeah, I do think he was a little bit too all or nothing. Yeah. Like, if he truly loved Michael. He'd be more at, patient. Yeah. Then he would be. Yeah. I mean, you gave him a week. You should and you want be him, a little bit more patient. You want him to you know, change his whole life yeah. in a week? I mean, he's nervous. Yeah, he is. He's never done. You've been the one in long-term relationships. Not He's never even had a relationship. Right. You know, and so to be like, let's move in after two days. Uh. <laughs> you know, like, that's a lot. Uh, so then we see Dr. David standing there and he's thinking about his fantasy. Um, and he still wants that, but um, it's kind of slipping through his fingers mm-hmm. right now. And, and it was how, sad. Yeah. Oh, it was so sad. Yeah. So that's how the episode ends. Yeah, I know. It was a really good episode. Yeah. I mean, it was so deep. It, it was. It wasn't any Babylon. It was mm-hmm. the character developments yeah. and the relationships. So mm-hmm. I mean, it was really, really yeah. good. And just seeing like hard decisions and then the the costs associated with a lot of decisions that get made. Um, yeah. I feel like it was all handled you know, really well. It was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I can't wait to see another episode because yeah. I'm a huge fan for Michael and David and <laughs> I'm, I'm going to advocate for them always. So, uh, I mean, hopefully David comes to his senses. So I yeah. just can't wait to the next episode. I hope so. And I'm happy that Justin has a place to be, that he can be at Debbie's house. And I think that'll be good for him, mm-hmm. but also for Debbie and Vic. You know, Debbie's a caretaker. And mm-hmm. so she's been doing that for Vic, who doesn't want her doting on him all the time. Mm-hmm. So now she can direct that toward Justin. So we'll see how that situation right. goes. And poor Emmett was never going to get his little apartment alone. <laughs> Michael is just not going. Okay. Michael yeah. wants the mama's house. He wants his apartment. I mean, he's never going nowhere. Yeah. But, um, so. Anyway. Well, guys, we hope you enjoyed this episode. I mean, it was a super fun episode. A lot of juiciness inside. As yeah, we always say. Scene. Say again. I said that hotel scene. Oh, that hotel. <laughs> Let me just say. I know we over. But, God, those scenes. For this to have been 20 years ago, they were really pushing the envelope. Like yeah. they were pushing those limits. And yeah. I mean, it was, it was amazing and filmed wonderfully. Yeah. I mean, it mm-hmm. was just crazy. Well, anyway, <laughs> anyway, 
Guys, thank y'all so much. We hope y'all enjoyed this episode. Like we always say, please follow us on Instagram, Twitter. Shoot us an email at libertydinerdish.com. That's our website. We want you guys interactive. We definitely want to hear your feedback. Um, if you have anything you want us to address on the show, definitely just leave us a comment. Yeah. Alrighty, guys. Well, look like we are out. See ya. Bye. Bye.